Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey, 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 this is Micah Burgess with Game Day Birds Not Balls. I am a birth doula in Waco, Texas, and I am glad you have tuned in today. Um, I've kind of been talking about uh, the last few episodes, kind of this idea of your postpartum care um, and what that looks like. There's some practicals um, that I've given within the first few hours and few days of having baby number one. Last week, I talked about bringing a baby home when you already have kids. Um, And today I'm talking about a topic that honestly, we just don't talk about very much. We really don't. And and I'm a doula and I'm with my clients in a very intimate setting. They're giving birth. And even they don't really ask this question very much, but it is a question that most people have. It is a struggle with almost every couple and every family that I'm aware of. And that is your sex life after having a baby. Y'all, it is so different and it can be so challenging, right? Okay, you think, I mean, sex is hard while you're pregnant. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's just hard because you got a big old belly, right? Or you're exhausted or that it's hard for that reason. Your sex life after having a baby typically doesn't have as much to do with that. Some women do have some physical issues, Um And if sex is painful after having a baby, you need to make sure you're talking to your doctor um, and that you're getting those things really um, given it the attention that it deserves or see a pelvic floor specialist. Um, We don't want to abandon sex life because it hurts. Okay, so that's not really what I'm talking about today. And I'm not really even so much talking about the timing of when you can start having sex after you've had a baby. The general rule most people are going to say is about six weeks. Um, And so I'm not really even talking about that because there's not a lot to talk about. That's what most caregivers are going to recommend. What I'm talking about is let's just acknowledge, first of all, that your body has changed because you just had a baby. Um, Your breasts have a totally different function now. (laughs) You're literally feeding and keeping someone alive with those things. Okay. So they have an actual function that they didn't have before, before you had a baby. And that's different. That's new. That's unique. Um, sleep. You're not getting any, you're not getting as much as you used to. So the fatigue and being tired is happening a lot more. And so sometimes the thought of sex at night, because you're exhausted is just more than what you can handle more than what you can take on. There's less time for self self care. I mean, like I didn't go get my hair done. I didn't shave for week number two. I mean, you just don't feel as pretty or as sexy or whatever. You got this mom hat on now. I'm, I don't, don't touch those that feeds our child. Like those are not for you anymore. Okay. So there's so many different things that happen. So many different things that are changing. You have these crazy hormones that maybe you didn't have before. Um, and, and that's lasting for a while. And, and that affects your sex life for sure. 
Um, you're literally taking care of another human. So you've got something mentally and emotionally that you're carrying all the time. It never goes away. Uh, moms tend, tend to sleep with one ear open once they have a baby. They don't sleep as soundly. The, the job of parenting and being this mama and feeding this child or whatever, it, it, it doesn't have an expiration on, on it. You know, you don't clock in to go to work and then clock out. It's 24 seven. It's never ending. So when you have those kind of mental and emotional stress, um, you're carrying more. Does that make sense? When I say I'm carrying something, I feel the weight of it on my mind. I feel the weight of it on my emotions. It's taking up space in my brain. It's something I have to consider that maybe I haven't considered before. Okay. That that's what I'm talking about. And that is challenging. Um, and it, again, we don't talk about it, but it is an issue. And I think a lot of couples let their sex life suffer because there's too many different things that we got to work through or that we got to talk about or feel like an obstacle. So I have recently, um, I've been asked to speak at different uh, mom events. And one of the things that has come up is this, this topic and a a woman's libido as she gets older, how, what, what's happening there. And there's a lot of, you know, physiological type things. There's a lot of things that come into play, but I'm going to specifically address your libido and your sex life because you have babies now. Okay. Um, and keeping in mind all of the things that I just mentioned. So I've got kind of my top five words of wisdom regarding this topic. Some things that my husband and I talked through, recognized, implemented, and it really did help. Um, and so I'm hoping that just bringing the subject up will encourage some of you guys to put the attention on this issue because it's worthy of the attention. It, it, it's important. It's important in your life. Okay. So I really found that, um, in these years where it seemed not as natural for me to just want to have sex all the time, I'm just not horny. Sorry. I'm just not. Okay. So what helped me continue a sex life with this man that I love, right? And I want it to be healthy and I want it to be positive. I found that if I was proactive during the day, like my husband's at work, being proactive during the day, preparing my mind, maybe even my body to potentially be together that night really did help me. So I'm going to shower. I'm going to shave. Um, I'm going to listen to those romantic sappy songs and recall our wedding day. I'm going to be proactive about thinking about the things that I love about him and that I appreciate about him. Um, maybe I'm going to wear my pretty bra and panties. Okay. My point is that I'm getting myself ready physically and mentally for the option and potential of us being together. Because if I'm not even aware of it during the day. If I'm not, and I, I had to do this cause I don't want to be a light switch. I don't want to be wearing my mom hat for, you know, 13, 15 hours of the day. And then magically because we're in the bed together, all of a sudden I'm raring to go. It doesn't work like that. It just, it just doesn't work like that. So I found to be proactive for myself did help. 
quite a bit. All right, that's what number one. Uh, number two is we really found, okay, so you get busy, you've got kids, you know, you're both coming home from work, you're tired, um, we got stuff we got to do tonight, maybe there's something we have to problem solve or fix, maybe, you know, life, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about, there's just endless amounts. And now, a word from our sponsors. We really found that when we finally got home from work or, you know, kids are back from school, making eye contact with each other, like intentionally looking at each other to connect and to remind each other, oh yeah, I have a partner. Oh yeah, I'm in love with you. Oh yeah, I'm not doing this by myself. Oh, hey, we still want to work on us. Just the eye contact was huge because it's super easy to get going in life. You're dividing and conquering because you've got kids. Um, you got a busy day tomorrow and you're preparing, you know, that speech the night before or you're exhausted because you had a track meet all day, blah, 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 on and on and on. It's very easy to not connect in some way or another. And when we made eye contact and really looked at each other, it we immediately start feeling vulnerable. I mean, if you think about that, when you make eye contact with somebody, it kind of breaks barriers and walls down. And so when I make eye contact with my husband, this man that I love, I start to relax a little bit more. I start to feel some of the enjoyable emotions that maybe I haven't felt all day. And it's very comforting and it is vulnerable. And I think that's key is that if you're going to have a good sex life, you need to be vulnerable with each other. And making eye contact is one of those ways to be vulnerable. And you don't have to strip down naked to be vulnerable, right? Does that make sense? You still, you feel that loved one looking into your soul, okay? Um, so that's a that's a big one because it, it, it starts the intimacy process and it's a very simple one to do. Um, we uh, That's number two. Okay, number three is... Being honest and vulnerable with each other in your communication, letting them into your life, um, sharing things that maybe you're only going to share with each other or, you know, talking about how you feel um, inadequate with this new promotion, you know, be vulnerable you know, that, that really does, again, it's starting that intimacy process. And because I, as a female, I think this is a female thing. Maybe it's not, maybe it's a personality thing, but because I don't want to be a light switch and just, you know, go through my day and then boom, all of a sudden, because we're in the bed, I'm supposed to be ready. Right. I get, I, I can't do that. So for me being vulnerable in our conversations, connecting intentionally, then it helps me get in that frame of mind of potentially making love that night. I, I need to feel connected. I need to know we're together in this life and that it's more than just sex. It's more than just physical. There is that emotional component. And when that is activated for me, when that is triggered for me, then I am going to be more likely to want to be together that night. Does that make sense? 
Um, and so the connecting part, the relational part, again, I do think is a more of a female thing that it's important to us. And so again, having those deep vulnerable conversations help. Um, okay. What number am I on number? Is this about to be number four? Yep. The number four. Okay. Flirting is huge. I want to say that again. Flirting with your significant other, maybe the man you've been married to for 25 years. Yes, you still need to be flirting. It, it's a big deal. Okay. So you need to remind yourself that you're not just a mom or a coworker. Um, you're not just a good friend. Um, you are, you're a lover too. And we have to, wow, especially when we have younger kids or a big family, or you got to remind yourself to take these other hats off. Like literally I'm taking this mom hat off and I'm putting my lover hat on (laughs) because you can't wear three hats at one time, y'all. It's really, really hard to do. And so being very intentional about reminding yourself I am somebody's lover. Okay. So I, you got to activate that. Okay. And flirting is a really great way to do that. So, um, we keep it healthy. We keep it, uh, we want it to continue. My husband and I do, we want those emotions and those feelings to continue in our relationship and not feel like, well, it's been a few weeks since we've had sex. I guess we should, you know, maybe sometimes you got to do that, but I want it to come more natural and more normal. So flirting, when I'm flirting, what I mean by that is throughout the day, maybe I'm sending my husband husband a little sexy text message, you know, while he's at work. Okay, first of all, that's going to work for your husband, I promise. I don't care who he is. That's going to work, okay? But what it does for me is it gets me thinking along those lines. Uh, flirting can be once he gets home, you're massaging his shoulders and you whisper in his ear, Hey, I want to try this tonight. I promise that's going to work. And again, it gets your mind, your body ready for, we're going to have sex tonight and we're going to have fun tonight. Okay. If you're not flirting, if you're not doing some of those things, you're making it really hard on yourself. Once you do get in bed to just be ready to go. Okay, again, because of all the things I named earlier of what has changed in your life that are obstacles that makes this part of your life a little bit more difficult. Okay, Um, number five. So in this season of your life, you need to be patient with yourself. Um, You need to be honest with your significant other that, hey, I get it. I don't my libido is not high. I get it. I'm not horny all the time. I, I, and here's some of what I'm experiencing. Here's some of what I'm feeling. Like my body is not my own anymore. Like I'm touched out. Communicate those things. Talk about those things, right? We've already talked about that, but also recognizing that in this time of your life, I'm not getting as much sleep y'all. I'm I'm communicating that. And so there was a time in our lives where I was like, look, you have a window, Michael, (laughs) And once it is 10 o'clock at night, shop's closed. You missed your window. Sorry, bud. I'm not doing anything after 10 o'clock. I'm 
I'm tired at eight o'clock, but maybe they're not all in bed yet. Right. Or we had to finish, finish up something out in the kitchen, maybe clean in the kitchen or whatever. But there was a time in there where there was no playing after 10. That's, that's totally fine. We don't have that rule anymore, but for that season, it was super helpful for me because I knew it just helped me plan a little bit better. And, and it let him know, I'm just, I'm no good after 10. I don't, I don't want to be together after 10 because I'm exhausted. Okay. So that was super helpful. Um, there was another one. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, sometimes like scheduling sex one particular night. Some people find that helpful. I've heard that one before. I can't remember if we tried that. That felt I don't know, a little too forced for me, but for some people as, and especially if you're kind of like this type a person and you're like, okay, we know what night we're giving ourselves to this and I'm going to make sure I'm ready to go and I'm going to wear the pretty thing and we're going to be flirting all day and da, 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 because that's the night. Great. Do it. It's not, it's not going to be forever. Right. Um, but it can help some people to not omit this very significant, unique part of y'all's relationship that you're not sharing with anyone else except your loved one, the spouse, right? And so you don't want to let this thing die. You don't want to accident. It's not going to accidentally just get better. During these childbearing years, it has to be a focus. It has to, um, it commands your attention or it's going to die or it's, you're going to grow apart or it's going to be months and months and months and months before, you know, until you have sex again. And that's just not healthy for your overall relationship. What is my point? What am I driving at? I believe that our sex life, especially within a marriage, is important, is sacred, is a huge part of a healthy relationship. And my husband and I decided very emphatically that it was important and that maybe during a certain season of our lives, and I'm using having kids as this particular, in this particular conversation, but it can be other things. Um, but for this conversation, we, we decided that, okay, look, if, if we want to continue to stay connected and healthy and not grow apart because we're having kids, then we are going to make some decisions up front, have these conversations up front and, and be very proactive so that this part of our relationship is healthy because it, it, it is, like I said, I keep saying it, it is going to require you to make some concrete decisions. It is going to require you to be vulnerable and talk about, you know, that, that right there, I don't really do it for me. We can just hang that one up. Like, I don't, I don't need that. Okay. And, and that's going to help. And, and then again, being honest, being vulnerable, connecting by looking in each other's eyes, all of those things help activate this particular aspect of your relationship. Because I've just seen too many people. I've had too many friends who now they're, you know, kids are grown they don't have those issues anymore of where do we find the time or I'm exhausted or whatever. Now they just don't care because they've let that dwindle. They've let it die. So I'm encouraging you guys to not let it die just because you're in your childbearing years. And yes, there are obstacles and it does make it more difficult. There are some things you can be doing to light that fire and to help keep your sex life healthy while you're having babies. 
Hey, thanks for joining me on Game Day, Birds Not Balls. You can follow me on my Instagram page at mydoulamica. You can also find me on wagodula.com, wagodula is on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe or you can find us on roguemedianetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. 